0: Coming up on this episode of the Unusable Podcast, what is wireframing? Phone in a phone. And Andy Angers Ikea. (laughs) Did
1: I? (laughs) Welcome to the Unusable Podcast, where we discuss the importance of user experience in technology and the world around us, and talk about great design that just works, or moan about it when it doesn't. Hello, Andrew. Hey there?
0: Sorry, I was just adjusting my uh, apparatus.
1: All oh, right, what apparatus? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> my microphone. I want to make sure that I come through loud and clear. Great. Okay. Oh, I, I've
1: got some new apparatus. Although, I, can we say can we say a chair is apparatus?
0: I think so. So you're sat you're sat on a brand new chair.
1: Yeah, it doesn't squeak. But I can move. Oh no, it doesn't make some noise actually. Oh, well, never no mind. Oh, I've got I've got a, a slight story, a slight story. Okay. To tell you about when uh, when I got this chair delivered, right. Mm. So uh, on the day of the delivery, they sent me a, a text message saying you can um, you can track the delivery. Hang on, let me find the notes. So they texted me a link to track the delivery, right, on my on my phone, and they they had two options. You could either download the app or you could see it on the website, right, mm. and. After today, I'm not going to need the app. So, I mean, why do I need the app if it's just a single-use thing? So, I thought, well, I'll just have a look on the website, right? Um, And on the website, which I'm looking at on my phone, it it shows a picture of a phone. And then it says, core functionality of the mobile app can be used directly in the browser using the phone below. So, what What? they've done is on the web page, they've got the functionality of the app, the the phone app, in a sort of virtual phone on the web page. But because I'm using my phone... I'm looking at my phone, which has a web page, which has a phone on it. And then in the screen of that virtual phone is the, it's like the app. So it's just like the most bizarre thing. <laughs> Why do they think that's a good idea? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe all they have was the app. <laughs> but they're able to virtually create the app through a website. Nonsense. I don't know. Absolute they're punishing nonsense. me for not not using the app by making me use the app, but on a website.
0: What do You reckon that's what it is? It's like a punishment. It's Punishment for like, so like, made this app now. Some executive has spent has spent so much money on that app that they're like, everyone's got to use it now. Everyone's
1: got to use it. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about today. Um, oh, in, we need to introduce ourselves.
0: Andrew, do, yeah. do, you, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes, I am Andrew Waite and I run a software product. Brilliant. I don't know. I'm scrolling my
1: notes. I know who I am. Uh, so my name is David Ball, and I'm a front-end web and app developer. <laughs> nice. Okay, so today we're going to talk about wireframes. Uh, I know this is your topic, but do you want me to start? I've got some. I've got some words. I don't know if my words are better than your words. Well, I just have to say them in the right order. That's that's
0: that's the deal, right? So I think. Well, I think the first question is we're starting pretty basic, but. Let's cover off from the beginning. What is a wireframe, right? Okay. So let me tell you, 17% of
1: startups fail because they are not user-friendly. Designing a user-friendly interface is a difficult task, especially for large and complicated products. So what you wouldn't commonly do is you would want to wireframe that functionality. So uh, a wireframe is commonly used to lay out content and functionality on a page, which takes into account user needs and user journeys. Wireframes are used early on in the development process to establish the basic structure of a page before visual design and content is added. What do you think of that? Is that a good definition of what a wireframe is? Feel free no, to. No, I
0: hate. I hated that.
1: All right, okay. What? How would you describe it?
0: Well, it's just a sketch, isn't it?
1: <laughs> it's just a picture. You're just drawing a
0: picture. <laughs> no, but I think. I think it slightly missed the point, right? So you okay? You're you're building an interface, right? You've got a project. Yeah. I don't know yep. what, what what can we uh, what can we imagine we're doing? Maybe we're building uh, a website. Log- we're building a website, yeah, a website. that
1: sells okay. a a a service.
0: Yeah, right. So so we need to come up with a design for that website. But you're going to probably end up with a really bad result, right? If you go straight into the design phase. Yeah. What what you want to do is think about who's going to use the website. What yep. information needs to be contained on the website yeah and then a, a wireframe allows you to it's a little bit like an architect's blueprint isn't it it's like a like yep. plans of the building it allows you to you know decide what's going where at an early stage and you can then run that past different people get yep. their buy-in uh make any changes needed without without committing too much effort right you, you you're you're trying to get feedback as early on as possible before you you know, decide the fonts and the colours and, and, and commit too yeah. much to it.
1: I suppose that's when you say it's just a sketch, it's just a drawing, it, it could literally just be that because you're not really spending much time on it at this at this point. You know, yeah. you don't need to think about what it actually looks like. You just need to think about broadly what it contains.
0: Yeah, you're trying to get down on paper the, the key bits of functionality and, and it's almost it it makes you start to think about it right you might do the first wireframe and think oh actually that doesn't work you know you yeah. rearrange it you you redo it but it's it's the first step isn't it it's the
1: yeah you might go oh should we have a uh, should we go from this page to this page and then to this page or should we just go straight there or
0: yeah it allows you to make to make decisions yeah uh before things get hard to change it allows you to make these decisions early on it forces you to think doesn't it do not you think it forces you to to, to think about it. Yes.
1: Do you think that a lot of people are too, like, eager to get stuck into something? Especially, like, programmers or designers or any sort of developer, really. Just like, yeah, I know how to make a website or an app or whatever. I'll just, I'll just crack on. I'll just get onto it. And then spend loads of time building this thing. And then go, ah, oh, maybe I should have thought of this right at the start.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, I think that, that happens to me quite a lot. Like, I must be honest, sometimes... I try and save time by yeah. wireframing something and I go straight to straight to design or even sometimes straight to build if I think I'm really sort of yeah. clear in my mind how it should work. What? Straight
1: but, to like the code and the HTML and the all that sort of stuff. Yeah.
0: But, you know, I, I must I must admit that quite a few times I've been tripped up by underestimating the complexity and yeah. then wishing that I'd wireframed it. And I can't think of a of a situation where the opposite's been true. I can't think of a situation where We've gone through the process in full, wireframed it, designed it, built it. I can't think of a single time we've done that and we've regretted wireframing it. Like literally yeah. every time we've done that, it's saved us time. It's ended with a better result, a, a, a more thought out result.
1: What kind of wireframe are, are you talking of then? Are you talking like lo-fi or hi-fi? Well, hi-fi I, I think like... like we...
0: I feel like we should explain the difference between lo fi and hi fi wireframes, right? Like
1: Okay, then. So I think that lo fi is pen and paper, just some sketches in a notebook that you can show to other people and go, is this a good idea or is this a bad idea? That's something lo fi. It looks yeah. like ass. doesn't really matter. It's the broad idea. Yeah. And then, and then once you go on from that, you could, well, I mean, you could build it or you could create a, a more high resolution version. Like a designer might do that.
0: It's the, amount, it's the amount of detail, isn't it? That's ultimately yeah. the, it's the amount of specifics that are nailed down. So in a lo-fi yeah. wireframe, it's like, it's, you know, the vaguest possible, right? It's just the general bits are in there. General bits. You're starting to, <laughs> you're starting to clarify a little bit, aren't you? Like, I agree. Like my, my favorite technique for lo-fi wireframing is a whiteboard. I like to get together with maybe one or two other people that, that are good at UX and just, yeah, just sketch it out. Just, start drawing some stuff, start trying to work out a user journey, you know, really, really, really rough, really sketchy. And then you can just so easily, you know, especially on a whiteboard, you can just rub it out, start again, try something yeah, else. Yeah, no one's going
1: to be too precious about it as well. Yeah. I think that's an important thing as well. With it being like really low, low fi, no one's going to be precious about about it. So if you change it, no one's going to get upset. And it's it's just easy to do. and And that can make the
0: whole thing just speedy. Yeah. Yeah. I actually remember this is, a little bit sentimental, but I remember when we used to work together in a oh. in, in a past life. No, it, it used to be one of the, my favourite things. Actually, is is getting together in front of a whiteboard or something and 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 sketching it out and and wireframing something. I used to think that was quite a quite a fun thing to do. I hated it. I mean...
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. It. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Uh, yeah. We used to like go to the coffee shop as well, didn't we? Just to give ourselves like a different uh environment to put us in a different mental state. I mean I'm saying all, all right. that, we just we just fancied a coffee. <laughs>
0: <laughs> any any excuse. Any excuse.
1: <laughs> but it does help though, I think, actually. Just uh, this isn't really about wireframes, it's just if you want to fully think about something, you I think you need to detach yourself from it. I'm talking about detaching myself from the building. I don't know.
0: Maybe that's not too important. No, I know I know what you mean. You have to get I think it's it's good to get away from your laptop. It's good to get away from a screen. It's good to get away from other people distracting you and to just, you know, it's just you, a sheet of paper and a pen or you a whiteboard and a and a marker, whatever it is that works for you, but to shut yourself off and just start sketching and just really just you know, concentrate so your mind is only focusing on the user problem that you're trying to solve and the yeah. business problem that you're trying to solve. And it, yeah, it, it's important, right? If you're to draw it on screen while people are distracting you or you're trying to do 10 other things, it's just, it's not going to work. At least in my experience, it doesn't work.
1: However, you've said there we've talked a lot about sketching with pen and paper and whatever, but I find that quite frustrating because if I was to draw something using pen and paper, it takes a bit of time, doesn't take a lot of time. But if you were to then go, ah, Actually, this should be a bit different—not enough to like screw the whole piece of paper up and put it in the bin, but just uh, you want it to—you want to iterate it a bit. You've then got to start with a separate piece of paper, start drawing it out again with the with the changes you've made. That's why I prefer using software instead, so you can just like drag one thing to the side, copy and paste it, and then make a small change there. Also, if you're using software, you can undo.
0: Yeah, yeah. You can't undo the pen. The thing that I. The thing that I really like in some of the modern design packages and, and wireframing packages is you can actually not just wireframe the sort of the layout, but you can actually then stitch the wireframes together. And then you can almost demo it, demo the wireframe and demo demo the user journey. Uh, yeah. And you can share it with, share it with other people really easily. So yeah, some of the more modern wireframing tools are really, really good for that. Does that then become a prototype? Yeah, I think it, I think it is. Like it's a prototype. Is that, is that a distinction? Um. Is a prototype not a collection of wireframes in that instance?
1: Uh, I don't know. In my mind, it is, but uh, I don't know. I think everyone's got their different definitions of that sort of thing. But yeah, so uh, what what software are we talking about? Sketch is a popular one, but I'm not so, so keen on that because it's, um, it's Mac only, which I think is uh, just a little bit frustrating
0: when uh, not everyone on the team is going be, to be Mac necessarily. Well, the one I've been using... Most recently, and the one I really enjoy personally, is Figma. Oh, yeah, okay. is really, really good. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's We actually use that right the way through. So we do that, use that for sort of more hi-fi mock-ups, uh, hi-fi wireframes. And then we actually use that for design as well. Uh, but it's really yeah. nice because you can do what I just mentioned. You can stitch together the different parts of an interface and create like an interactive uh, version of it and you can actually really you know you can show someone if you're trying to if you're trying to get across an idea to a to a client or uh what i do sometimes uh quite often is try and get feedback from customers about something we're thinking about doing okay and that's it's a really nice way to do that to be able to share them a link in figma and they can actually click through and use it like it's like it's real
1: when you say use it like it's real what do you mean so each button would actually be clickable
0: yeah, you can in Figma you can create a chain a, a, sorry a series of mocked pages. So say for example, maybe you're making an app, so you could have a login page, a dashboard, you know and you can stitch those things together obviously they're not real like the data in there isn't real but you could click the login button and show a different page so you can it, yeah. you know it's really a really nice way to let someone use the app almost as if it's as if it were as if it were real
1: yeah that's good the one that we use in our company is XD which is the adobe uh the adobe version of Figma in fact i think i prefer Figma to it because Figma is just it's so powerful but it's also just a little bit simpler which i think is is yes. quite a quite a cool thing that they've done there. XD is great, but I don't know, some bits of it just seem a little bit cumbersome in in comparison. It does some really cool things though, like you can um, do animation in there as well. So the designer will pass me a a file that's... Uh, we use that for, for design, actually, more than more than wireframe. But, I mean, it could be used in exactly the, the same way. You just draw some boxes or whatever. Um, yeah, so you can use it for prototyping animations, which is quite useful for me as the developer to see what the animation should look like, and then I can build it. But they, that's not really wireframe, is it? That's Again, that's more prototyping.
0: Yeah. But,
1: yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's a similar similar sort of thing. You're building something, but not the real
0: thing. To show to somebody else, so something that I always struggle with, and I don't know if you do, in wireframing, kind of the whole point, right, is to not put any design into it, right? So it's we're just really talking about the layout and the hierarchy of information, okay? Yeah, you know, we're just we're just saying that you know we're gonna have a te- uh, we're gonna have a title maybe, or we're gonna have a table here, or we're gonna have a button here, right? That's all we're gonna. Yeah. We're not talking about design, really, are we? We're more, we're more wireframing, mm-hmm. but sometimes I I struggle because. Something that you do have to get across is like the relative importance of information, don't you? Right. You know, say, for example, say, for example, the colour of a button. So having a brightly coloured button is kind of design, right? Yeah. But also it's, it's not, it's it's hierarchy of information, isn't it? It's getting across the, that that's a button that you want to catch people's attention and that you want to be prominent so something right. I sometimes okay yeah yeah sometimes that's just something that I struggle with when I'm wireframing is am I going too into design yeah. by trying to show you know the relative prominence of some information am I making any sense like it's where it's sometimes a blurred uh, line as to what the boundary should be
1: well okay let me tell you this article that I found here which is called 15 tips for creating efficient wireframes uh, one of their points on the list is to use colour sparingly, if at all. So uh, colour in Y frames can normally be completely avoided. You could just do black and white. It doesn't really matter. Just just pencil boxes, if you if you wanted to. I think.
0: That's... So do you need do you need to use colour? Well I think it's like most of the time the vast majority of the time no you don't need color because color is a design thing right it's a, it's a, it's decoration it's not part of the wireframe but I yeah. but I do think there are occasions like I just mentioned where part of the part of the wireframe might be to draw attention to a button or it might be to make sure something is dull and doesn't steal the focus from yeah. you know doesn't steal the user's eye and I think it is important to convey that in a wireframe. And how else do you convey that in a wireframe other than giving it color or other? Than, you know, am so I making if, sense?
1: Yeah. So if you've got like a, a primary call to action on that page or that section of the page, you could do that in a blue button, red button, green button, whatever. And then, yeah, it's
0: not it's not the color that's important, but the showing that it's a. a a contrasting button that is important, right? Showing that there's either a contrast or there's not a contrast. That's the important thing is because that has the contrast itself has meaning, not, not the specific shade, but the contrast. Although having said that again, so one of the things that we do a lot in, in our app is present information. Yeah. And that information might be saying that something's good or it might be saying that something's bad. You know, like a like a credit report or whatever, like you either have a good yeah. credit score or a bad credit score. Right. And colour there is really important, isn't it? It's part of the information. Showing a green credit True. score, hey your credit score's good, or a red credit score, hey, your credit score's bad. The colour there is actually part of the information. So again, I, I think that's really important to convey. We're not you know, it's not colour it's not the use of colour for design, it's use of colour for yeah conveying the information in the most uh, concise way
1: yeah i suppose one of the things that you're going to be doing with this wireframe is passing it over to a designer um, yeah. assuming that you're you're not the designer that's doing it to start with but you yeah. you might be you might be um you might be the product owner or the manager or something who's who's creating this and then passing it over to to a designer the designer might even be in a different team might be in a different building or a different company we're quite lucky that uh, that we work quite closely as a as a team but some companies they'll work with external designers, and the wireframe might be the only thing that you've got to sort of communicate to the uh, to the designer what needs to be needs to be built. Yeah,
0: well, that's pretty bad, isn't it? If all you've got is a wireframe, like you'd hope there'd be some project brief or something.
1: Uh, true, true. Yeah, but I suppose I mean it's like the uh, might be the most meaningful thing that you're communicating.
0: Yeah, yeah. You're... What about?
1: What about uh, content on the uh, on the wireframe? Because another one on this "15 Tips for Creating Efficient Wireframes" says use real content and don't use Lorem Ipsum. Suppose to explain there that Lorem Ipsum is like Latin text that gets used on designs quite a lot. It's like meaningless uh, words from a redundant language that uh, <laughs> <laughs> that it just looks like normal text.
0: Wait, does it? It's Latin. Well, but like from,
1: from a distance, it does. It's got yeah. words of of various letter lengths. It just looks like normal
0: normal I text. Mean, again, I think it depends because I've seen I've seen quite effective wireframes when you're just talking about the the overall structure and the hierarchy of information, where you just don't write any text at all. You just put a line for some text, like literally a a, a line means text and a thicker line means heading.
1: Depends, I suppose, how important the the uh, the, the, the text is. If you're doing marketing, yeah. if this wireframe is, is for marketing, then this could be where you start thinking about what your um what your titles are, what the, the microcopy is, that sort of thing. You know, like the the very small bit of information that's that's but,
0: crucial. But equally, imagine you're designing a product page for an e commerce website, the actual text is irrelevant. You just know you're gonna have a product name and a product description. Very true. And yeah, a true. price. Right. So yeah. I think it does depend on what you're doing because obviously on a landing page for example, maybe you're designing a, a, a software landing page. Yeah, the content is hugely important, and you kind of know you need to know whether you've got a, a lot of text or not a lot of text to to effectively wireframe it. It is it is difficult.
1: It's yeah. difficult, um, yeah, and, I,
0: and I do think it's situation dependent as to what as to what works. I, I, yeah, it's not one size fits all, is it?
1: We've we've had a situation recently where uh, the design has been created with without the actual text in there, and so when we actually got the text. It was quite a lot more, it's quite a lot longer than than what we'd planned for, and this was a design that was quite well. It was it was very specific, and so things have to be made taller to fit the text in, and the, the balance isn't always right. Have to adjust the font size and things like that. So that's what makes me want actual proper text in there right from the start, really. But I know that's not practical, is it? Really, not always, anyway.
0: No, no, I know what you mean though. You got any more tips on the top tips?
1: There's quite a few on here, but uh, I don't know. Maybe I should just go through them briefly because some of them are a little bit in-depth. Some of them are a bit woolly. So start with user research. So every project should start by asking, who is this for? Who's the target audience? What challenges are they trying to solve? I mean, that's... 100%
0: agree. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the basics, right?
1: Yeah, you're not just drawing a picture of what the interface should be like. You're actually... It's kind of like a question: Is it does does this work for what we actually need it to work for?
0: Yeah, you're trying to solve a problem for someone. Hopefully, that, That's yeah. why we're doing a. That's why we're doing a, a, a wireframe.
1: Yeah, and like you said as well, you can show this to the client or to some of the users. Maybe you do some sort of user research and see if they think it's useful.
0: Yeah. No, hundred percent. Like I said, we've done that quite recently. We've been working on some new features, and I didn't want to get to the stage of having built. These new features, and then discover that our users, you know, that they didn't, the feature didn't work for them, or yeah, that it, it you know, it, it was in some way not not right. It would be a huge amount of wasted wasted effort for my team. So, yeah. so yeah, I um, took some wireframes to to a few clients that were were happy to to take a look, uh, mm-hmm. and and they were able to give some really valuable feedback, and then we made some changes depending, you know, according to their feedback. Um, and we're going to get a much better result because of it. But we couldn't have done that without those hi-fi uh, wireframes that we that we that we had um, yeah. to, to 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 show them and to to talk them through it. Yeah, absolutely. A tool that I really used to like, but you don't hear about anymore. I don't know if it's just not popular anymore. Is Balsamic? Do you remember Balsamic? Oh, I used to love Balsamic. Yeah, I loved it for two reasons. I suppose one, it was
1: quite easy. It was like drag and drop. Mm-hmm. The other one is it definitely looked rubbish and yeah. the reason why it looks rubbish I think was an a absolute masterstroke because it means that the when you show that to the client they know that that's not the design like if yeah. you made it look a little bit better they might be like ooh don't like this design make it more pink or something it doesn't doesn't match our our brand colors but because it absolutely looks like it looks like all the lines were sketch drawn, and you know Comic Sans looks...
0: was the font, wasn't it? Everything was in Comic, Comic
1: Sans was the font. I think people yeah. absolutely hated that, but I think that's brilliant. It just mm. made it look like it definitely isn't the the final design, so the, you can't get you know upset when it changes.
0: Yeah, but you can't would... get too hung up on it, unless I'm mistaken, and and I could be I could be rewriting history here. But I feel like that was a bit of a revelation when they brought that out uh, when Balsamic first hit the scene. That was the thing right it was here's a design tool that's intentionally looking rubbish or you know that intentionally looks sketchy yeah um so so no one's confusing it for the for, for the real design but that that was a novelty I, I think wasn't it like that was that was the novelty of barsamic,
1: yeah, yeah uh, it's still it's it's a still a popular tool now that uh that that plenty of people use it's all cloud based now so it's so it's a little bit different, but yeah, it's good I think. We haven't used it just because other things have popped up, like Figma, which is just brilliant, and XD, which are brilliant and free as well. So, uh, Balsamic used to be free. But now I think you've got to pay for a um, you've got to pay a monthly amount. So that is unfortunately the reason why it's sort of dropped off our radar.
0: Yeah, you just don't hear about it anymore, or you don't seem to. You know, the, everything the, those designs I call them designs the uh, the wireframes and the mock-ups that you produce with Balsamic are so distinctive. Yeah. You can spot them a mile off and I just I just haven't seen maybe it's just maybe I'm living in a bubble, but I haven't seen any mock-ups done in balsamic for ages. Which is a shame because I think it's a really good tool. Like you said, I think it's I think it's I think it's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. So do you think it's ever okay not to use a wireframe on a project? And when when do you think when do you think you could skip straight past that, either straight to design or straight to build?
1: Um when you're absolutely certain you know absolutely what you're doing. And <laughs> and that you and that you're one hundred percent guaranteed that it's gonna be a success first time.
0: But I, I know, think that's I, I that's I never like know never what I'm
1: doing <laughs> well no, this is it. Um, a lot of times so I'm often working on things. Maybe um maybe I'm fixing something that already exists or changing something that already exists. And when I'm having a talk to my project manager, she's like, Oh, yeah, well, we, we could do, we should do this. And we, we most of the time, 90% of the time, get the designer involved just because when you're explaining things by using words, it's not quite going to be the same as seeing it drawn, seeing it in a, yeah. in a graphical, graphical way. Yeah. And so if it only takes the designer a few minutes to, to draw it, I almost said draw a pretty picture there, but, uh, but I didn't want to diminish the, uh, the work of designers by saying it's all pretty pictures
0: well, you, 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 you did that by saying it only takes a few minutes and I'm sure all the <laughs> designers out there are going to be thinking my entire career and spending hours on you know antagonizing over a font choice uh, been diminished to oh I could just sketch it up in a couple of minutes to do a pretty picture yeah
1: but also creating um, creating a visual of it means that you might notice some problems or, or identify some problems on like mobile versus tablet versus desktop yeah as well. Because something that is straightforward on desktop. Well there's well there's a question. might actually be so, quite a complicated interface. Uh, yeah, on, I was on mobile.
0: Say, I mean there's a question though in itself. Like when you're wireframing, do you wireframe uh so you're wireframing a website? Should you wireframe how it looks on a mobile and how it looks on a desktop. Should you do both? Oh,
1: absolutely. Yeah, I absolutely think that that both of those things should be done. Yeah, before you get onto the design stage. Yeah, I'm when I make websites, I have to have both before I before I even start as
0: f- as finalised designs. I'm assuming
1: as a finalised design.
0: Yeah, but yeah. but but wireframing. Do you think it's important to do to do both at a wireframe stage?
1: I suppose it depends how straightforward it is. If yeah. you've got a page of content, yeah. If Sometimes you've got a blog, a blog article where everything's in like a, a, a vertical linear fashion, you know, you've got title, uh, a date, text, and then it's, links it's at, the, quite, at the bottom. Yeah,
0: it's it, quite obvious how that would reflow on different screen sizes.
1: Yeah, yeah. But then if yeah. you've got some sort of side column, the question is then: Well, does is that side column above the text or is it below the text? Is it the very first thing you see on the page or is it the very last thing that you see when you scroll to the bottom? Those those are important. Uh, decisions that someone has to make. And I think that you can make that in the wireframe before you even get to design. Yeah, yeah, that's
0: true. true. Am I I I...
1: sounding smart?
0: Yeah, you are. You are smart.
1: All right, Right. steady on.
0: (laughs) I mean, the thing that I'm probably guilty of, which I'm not necessarily proud of, is, you know, sometimes we're in a rush to get something done and we'll skip the wireframe stage and... Will more often than not regret that choice later yeah. on. We'll get to have built it, and it's like, ah, oh, if only we'd have planned this a bit better, <laughs> we wouldn't be doing these ridiculous re- refactors at a late stage.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's it. Once you start coding it, sometimes you've added all these this extra complication that means that it's difficult to change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like well, I said, I can't
0: I can't think of a single scenario we've ever regretted uh, regretted doing a wireframe.
1: Can I tell you about our latest Twitter
0: followers? Yes, and I will embarrassingly say hello to them all individually.
1: Yeah, no accents this time though. I don't know. Maybe I should do an accent.
0: What, what do you want me to do?
1: Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to get you in trouble.
0: <laughs> what <laughs> is 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 it bad? Maybe it's bad.
1: Maybe it is bad. I don't know. I
0: could do a, I could do this in the style of Chewbacca from Star Wars. That's not going That's to offend f- anyone.
1: No, true, but it will be annoying. Okay, right, so uh, Twitter followers, we have Rebecca Blackiston. I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't do Chewbacca voice. Come can't. on. No. <laughs> You're I'm the just... one that volunteered for it. Uh... <laughs> my headphones have fallen off. <laughs> oh, my God. The ghost of Chewbacca's here beating you up. Uh, oh,
0: uh, Patricia Colley. What What the hell just happened? What have you done? Uh, someone's, someone's talking to me. Sorry, someone, was, was talk- someone started talking to me. What, what are
1: Don't you ask? talking
0: about? My headphones have got a thing where if they if you take them off, they pause. And when you put them back on your head, they play. And so because I, they fell off and then came back on my head, it started playing a video that I'd got in the background.
1: That sounds no. like terrible functionality. <laughs> Who wants that?
0: It's quite I'll useful. I think you paid a lot got- for that feature as well. It's quite useful when you're listening to music, you just take your headphones off and it pauses and you put them back on your head and it plays again. No, it sounds, it sounds anyway. awful to me.
1: Just some voice just starts talking. Some, <laughs> you, some YouTube video that you started watching yesterday morning just starts <laughs> talking to you. Right. Anyway, we've not even got through these Twitter followers yet. Where do we get to? Patricia Colley. Hello. Shivani. Hello. Valentin Odick. Hello. Liana. Hello. Carlos Gomez C. Greetings. Uh, Anjit Verdanigram. Welcome. Julie Bellringer.
0: Hello.
1: (laughs) Peter Levicki. (laughs) Hello. And Julie. Hello. Just just Julie. (laughs) Just Julie. Single name like Madonna and Spock. (laughs) Okay. Bad, Bad usability, usability nightmares. Nightmare. I got a new phone recently. Oh, what did you get? What did you get? What did you get? Did you get? Uh, Pixel 4a. Okay. Yeah. Right. So um, I've had Android phones before. Transferring to a new phone, really easy. Really, it's quite, quite a slick process, really. So you kind of, they, they give you this connector in the box. Plug the, both the phones in. It goes, oh, do you want to switch to a new phone? Yeah. All right. Switch. So we'll or move all these things across. Brilliant. Downloads all the apps again. Easy to log into all those apps. Again, transfers all your settings across. Really simple, really brilliant. However, there's one thing that didn't copy across well, and that was my bank app, right? And that's the app that I use for uh, two-factor authentication, for logging into my bank account through a website. So what, what you do is you open the app, uh, and the, the, the web page says, oh, you enter this code from the Authenticator app.
0: Wait, hold on, hold on. I'm confused. What, what didn't copy... The banking app or the authenticator app, or is that the same thing?
1: It's the same thing. Uh, for, for my bank, it's the, it's the same thing. Okay. So, so you... I was using my new phone, and I wanted to uh, do two factor login authentication. So you're, so, my... you're,
0: so hold on, I'm I'm confused. So you're log- logging into your bank on your laptop? On my
1: or... laptop, yes, I am. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah.
0: And, when, and you try, it, when you try and log in on your laptop to your bank, it says, get a code from your phone now yes, or something. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay.
1: And the, the process of doing that on the phone is quite simple. You log into the app, it knows what's going on and it just gives you the code right there. But on my new phone, I I wasn't logged in. And what I had to do is go to my old phone and transfer the settings to the new phone. But the way it did that is, is kind of a bit odd. It gives you a QR code that you can then scan with your new phone. And then it gets, right. it, it transfers the settings across, which is quite a cool way of doing it. But it made me think: what if the reason for me getting a new phone was because my old one had broken? What if or I'd lost, lost it, stolen? Or what if it had just been crushed,
0: Drop, dropped, dropped in a river,
1: dropped in a river, dropped down a ravine? Exactly. Um, I would have no way of getting into my bank account. And no, they, would m- they must,
0: decid- they must have a backup option. Surely.
1: Yeah, they, they probably do. You just have to, you just have to ring them or call them or. Contact them in
0: some way. I'm sure,
1: but I don't know. So, it's, thought... so
0: it's an, it's an old-fashioned bank, is it?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. When you when you you call them up on the telephone and you can hear the uh, the clink clink of typewriters, yeah. <laughs> and then they go, "We'll we'll check if you've got the money in the bank," and then you can hear them like opening the vault. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what What do you reckon generally to two-factor authentication? It's irritating, but I mean, it's useful, isn't it? Well, the thing that annoys me. So I use a an app, you know, the code generator apps that you get, um, like Google Authenticator and there's yeah. loads of them that store the codes that you need. Yeah. I use one called Authy, mm-hmm. which is quite nice, but regardless, it's got, it's got something like 10, at least different codes in there now for different things I log into with two-factor auth. Mm-hmm. It, it's just a pain when you're trying to log into something <laughs> to try to remember which one of those I'm forever putting the wrong code for the wrong thing in. Does that make any sense? Like, I'll just open the app and I'll go. I'll just press the wrong one by accident, or I'm not thinking about it enough because I'm in a rush, and I'm forever putting the wrong code in on the wrong website.
1: I think there's a difference though between bad usability and you've just made your life more complicated. Me? Why have I? Why have I made it more complicated? Are you using different. You say you're using different apps.
0: It's an app called Authy, but it's oh, it's,
1: so it's one app that has all of your authenticator things in.
0: Yeah, so it's got like. But I've got like ten different things, and so I open it, and I'm just presented with a choice. Like I've got, I've got three different Google accounts. There's loads of stuff. It's It's supposed
1: to be difficult, though, isn't it? I mean, if it was easy, then it's too easy for someone to.
0: It's not not supposed to be difficult for me. It's not supposed to be difficult for me. No, that's true. So, David, I have a nightmare to tell you about. Yes. So, it's to do with Swedish, uh, a famous Swedish so- uh, furniture shop called called I- Ikea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I don't know why that's funny. I don't know why I'm laughing. I, I'm just, I don't know why that's funny either. I think I just had a little bit too much whiskey. Um, right, okay. So, it, this was during the middle of the pandemic. And, right. Uh, so everything not was a like, laughing matter. No, 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 not at all. Uh, everything was maximum lockdown in the UK. Everything was yeah. like closed and so you could order stuff from ikea but you had to go and uh and collect it so they would pick the order for you and you could collect it from from a collection area so right so we placed an order on the website and it made you yeah. nominate nominate a collection day so we'd i can't remember what it was it's was like two days in the future like we nominated this will be our collection date when we're going to collect it
1: why say nominate and so not just pick I don't know. That not or choose choose a I'm day. Like, maybe it's because I'm posh. I'm, maybe I'm posh. I am nominating Thursday. <laughs> Thursday has been nominated.
0: <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to choose Thursday. Thanks. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we nominated nominated the day, and then <laughs> and then that day rolls round, and because it says as well, like, so it simultaneously says you got to pick a day, but also do not turn up unless we've said that your order is ready, because you are going to get turned away and we're going to be angry with you. So you must not arrive until you're... must not arrive? Until you're told that it's ready. So... Okay. So the day comes and goes, no message to say that the order's ready. Oh. Next day, nothing to say the order's ready. And I'm thinking, okay, this is bad. But uh, someone else I know said, you know, they're really behind on orders and it actually took takes them quite a while. So I thought, um, you know, don't worry. They'll send me a message as soon as it's ready. Until like three days later... I get a message saying, "Right, your orders. If you don't collect your order, literally today, with two hours to go until they closed, you don't get it." Like, you know, the message was, "Why haven't?" Yeah. So they so they didn't never sent me a message saying it was ready. They just sent me a message saying like, this is like at four o'clock when they close at six on a Saturday, and they said, "Unless you <laughs> co- unless you collect it today, we're going to refund you, and like you're not going to get your order." So it was there all along? It was there all along and they just never told me about it. So... Oh. <laughs> so then... So I, I jump in the car immediately. Like, I need to get to Ikea to collect this order. And so I, <laughs> I, I, I drive over there. And, uh, and when I get to the to, to, to arrive at Ikea, there's like a, a person there in a high-vis jacket. And so I wind down the window and they say, Right. right go, go and park up over here and ring the number in the email... And they'll, they'll then set, they'll then send you a text message when the order's ready.
1: All right. All the technologies.
0: And then you can go and collect it. So you have to like park in a holding area, ring this phone number, then they'll send you a text when it's ready. And then you have to drive to the actual collection point. So, so I kind of just took what they said on face value and went and parked up. And then as soon as I parked up, I opened my phone up and I realized. Well, I never got an email to confirm the order. Oh yeah, of course. That's the whole point. <laughs> so so there's no phone number to call. So they had to get out the car and go and talk to them and say, what am I supposed to do here? So then they gave me the number to call and I had to call the number. And then within about two seconds of calling, it was like, go and collect it now. So I don't know why. I mean, I may as well have gone straight to collect it, right? Because it, it was kind of a <laughs> waste of time. Well,
1: oh, three days ago.
0: Yeah, and then and then and then yeah, I think the collection went fairly yeah the collection went fairly straightforward at that point, but yeah, it it was just galling when they sent the message to say why haven't you collected it? We're gonna we're gonna yeah. we're gonna put it back on the shelf if you don't come and collect it now within the next two hours. And it's like
1: like it's all your fault. Yeah, yeah, but but they never like
0: yeah they they never sent me a message to say that it was ready and and they made it sound like really bad things would happen if uh, You're if be I tried sent to collect prison it and it wasn't ready. Yeah.
1: Sent to Ikea prison. Will be made out of MDF. <laughs> yeah.
0: And it, and Ikea I I I prison would have a name, wouldn't it? Like Spring Clap or something like that.
1: Spring Clap. Yeah. Uh,
0: large. What's your favourite named Ikea item?
1: Oh... <sighs> I can't i don't I don't know any to just off the top of my head say the only one I can think of is the most
0: boring, which is malm my favorite uh I don't know if they still sell it, but they used to do a table leg, just the just leg, called, yeah, just the leg well you can build your own table, right? you can choose a top and some legs and but the leg the leg was just called curry leg curry leg, yeah, I just quite like that curry leg, yeah, sounds a like curry. It sounds like a medical condition when you've when you've been to the Indian restaurant. <laughs> curry <doesn't> it? Leg. <laughs> it smells like korma. <laughs> yeah, hold on a sec. Hold on a sec.
1: Are you googling curry leg just to see if it's a condition?
0: I'm just I'm just googling for ridiculous IKEA product names. Do
1: you remember when we had a takeaway around mine and the uh, the the driver came around and he had an open an open container of curry on his, on his passenger seat. Yes. (laughs) Just just open. (laughs) He's driving around. That's a real recipe for disaster, isn't
0: it? It was weird that was. I was like, why is that there? Didn't ask, (laughs) didn't, didn't, yeah.
1: I've got, I've got a a nightmare that's, it's not a nightmare. It's it's a minor, minor inconvenience at, at best. We need a, I need like a little, a little jingle for minor inconvenience. Like, minor inconvenience (laughs) like that
0: it's a it's a minor it's a a little bad dream
1: it's a little bad hang on this this gives me memories of last time when we started talking about wet dreams did we yeah did that
0: make its way into the podcast can't remember maybe don't know where where
1: (laughs) where did we get to where did we get to okay so i've got
0: a minor a minor quibble
1: so I've got a minor, minor inconvenience, a minor, minor quibble of something that happened when I was uh, out in, so we were in a cafe and I was with, I think I was with my parents at the time and we, we wanted to order and the cafe give you this little QR code on the table and it says, uh, you can come and stand at the bar if you want to, or scan this QR code, go to the website and you can order from your phone. Right. I love technology, although, I mean, I also hate technology because it goes wrong all the time. But, um, it was okay as a process. You can order drinks, you can order food, just the same as talking to a person, but it's all right there, uh, right there on the screen for you. But there was one really, really odd, odd thing. If you wanted a coffee, you can choose from like a secondary options, right? So, first option, choose the type of coffee. So, like cappuccino or latte or, or all that sort of thing. Second option, you can choose semi skimmed milk, soya milk, oat milk and guess what the last option was cat milk no not cat milk decaf <laughs> so i could have i could have a cappuccino with semi skimmed milk but i can't have i can't have it decaf as well and if i ha- yeah. if i choose decaf i can't choose the type of milk that i want so i wanted oat milk so but i couldn't choose oat milk and decaf yeah but I mean, you just being awkward
0: at that point, aren't you?
1: No, I don't. I, no, that's not. That's not being
0: awkward. So that's. So that's a case where they, there's more than one dimension, but there's not enough dimensions in the platform to. Account do you think it, it's like... all?
1: Do you think it's all the problem of the technology? Yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. Well, if that's the case, then they could have listed it out as semi-skimmed decaf, semi-skimmed with calf, soya with calf, soya. decaf (laughs) okay i can see
0: why they've done it how they've done it (laughs) imagine if they had a third option though and they had to have like a every single possible combination listed out you'd have like because each time it multiplies right if you've got three options so it'd be latte
1: with soy milk and decaf uh latte with semi-skimmed
0: milk not decaf you, you don't have to li- you don't have to list them all we'll be here all day <laughs> like we don't, we don't need to list every possible permutation of coffee with caffeine and without caffeine <laughs> so
1: so so yeah so that can that be can that problem be solved or would it just be solved by talking to a human being who who can write it down on a piece of paper
0: well yeah, of course it can be solved. You just have two separate options, right? Do you want... What sort of beans do you want? Caffeinated or non-caffeinated? And then the mm-hmm. next option is what sort of milk do you want? Do you want oat milk or cow juice or what do you want? Yeah. Um, I mean, to be honest though, if you are going for both not dairy yeah. and not not caffeine... Yeah, which is what I do. Is it, is it even a cappuccino anymore?
1: Maybe it should have its own name. Yeah. Somebody should should name it as a ot ot no calf frothy frothy <laughs> frothy oT I don't know
0: so, sounds like someone's pet name for their uh, for their dog
1: right can we end this podcast now because it's all gone it's all gone silly
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that is the end of the podcast if you've seen or used something unusable recently we want to hear about it. You can email us at podcast at theunusable.com and we're on Twitter at Unusable podcast.
0: If you've enjoyed this, there's plenty more. In the last episode, we talked about GitHub Copilot and on YouTube, we've got a video called What If Your Shower Was a Website? <laughs> Interesting one. Um, we also have unusable t-shirts and hoodies available to buy on our website, which is podcast.theunusable.com.
1: Music is by Gold5472. Please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts so you'll get a notification about the next one. Okay, that's it. Until next time, bye.
0: Goodbye.